El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do anything at all, ever. Joining me today, he's my co-host on this podcast. He mocks me all the time when the podcast starts, without fail, and then pretends he's not even doing it. That's the kind of person he is. That's who I'm co-hosting this show with. He also doesn't even like sports. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May, also joining me. He is my co-host on an Unpops bonus podcast that you can hear if you subscribe on the Unpops Patreon or Supercast called 69 Minutes, where we answer your unscreened questions on a live Zoom chat show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chet Wild. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Jeff, stop. I didn't. All right. Sure. Jeff, you saw the thing Jeff was doing, right? Where he was, he was mocking me as that's... I was trying to talk. No, I didn't hide selfie yet, so I was just looking at myself. Oh, that, that stands to reason. I'm surprised you're not just always looking at yourself. Yeah. Well, just living in the speaker view. Living in the hall of mirrors. Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone. This is this is Unpopular Opinion. Jeff's here. He's my hey. co-host. And uh, Chet she, Wilde's she here. He's my co-host on a podcast that we do as a bonus show every month that is very similar to what we're doing today, where we just take your questions and fucking answer them. But the, the show me and Chet do... It's called 69 Minutes. <laughs> and it's, that's pretty, that's hey, Chuck, do you get it? Nice. Right? That's the sex number. It is. And it also, is. Our, our show, uh, audience can join live and ask questions. Yes, there is a live yeah. component. So if you're a subscriber at the right Patreon level, you could be doing this with me and chat and a menagerie of guests. Menagerie? Probably menagerie. Menagerie. Menage a trois of guests, yes. I think that is the right term. Uh, but, you know, this week we're just taking it easy. It's the holidays. I've been sick. I haven't wanted to do much research. so There's a lot of football on. Lots and lots of football on, college and professional. And, I got uh, pinball to play. Jeff's got to play pinball. What do you want from us? And we're Christ. answering your questions this week. Yeah, now you're all making all these demands. Yeah. Oh, look at our re replies to your tweet ooh, and answer ooh. them. Ooh. Ooh, I'm interested in knowing more about you. Uh, all right. Should we should we get to some Notice questions? Notice how I'm not shitting on the audience. Well. Did you say the idiots? Wow. Wow. That what? Is, wow. Come on. Wow. Rude. That's a spicy meatball. Yeah. Right there. That is mighty, mighty rude. I'm taking it off speaker view. That's too much Jeff that keeps sneaking up on me. Oh, it's a good thing we're not live streaming this. Everyone would know Chet's real name. Oh, is that what the bit you guys were doing? Ah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to chat a while, though, huh? That's a spicy a mistake. Hey, I got go. a nice pseudonym, okay? <laughs> I just blindly clicked the email. I didn't switch right. out my face, of my Zoom accounts. I put on my face on a pizza box. Huh? Who, who wants to ask the first question? I will bring one from a friend of the pod, Logan Trent. Okay, Logan Trent. 
Logan Trent asks, if there was a best bad TV ever, what show would you each defend? I would defend... There was a CBS show. It was like a a post-apocalypse kind of thing where a bunch of nuclear weapons had gone off all across the United States. And they were trying to figure out who did it. Uh, It was called Jericho. Oh, yeah. That was a huge... um fan campaign yeah there was there was this big fan campaign at the end involving i believe it was peanuts yeah mailing peanuts to cbs or abc or whatever and they like called that out in the final episode there was a scene involving a ton of peanuts but i thought it was actually a really interesting premise because it was a nuclear attack that no one took credit for at first so there there was that component where you had to figure out who did it there was a lot of mystery box shit that was uh seemed like it was going in an interesting direction it starred skeet ulrich the uh poor man's johnny depp gotta love that classic skeet yeah but it only made it like the i think one and a half seasons maybe and it got canceled but i liked it jeff Jeff, how about you okay uh i will say uh, i had a one season mtv reality competition program called final foo and it was hosted by ernie reyes jr who if anybody knows who he is he he's like the youngest uh, grandmaster of I forget what the style that he does he's one of the world's greatest living martial artists um, you know him from the rundown kicking the shit out of the rock uh, and it was a it was a competition that was sort of like different martial artists competing in different sort of themed contests to see who would be like the final per- guy I don't know it's a standard competition thing I fucking loved that show I was addicted to it it was so good and, I, and it, when it didn't get renewed I was so fucking bummed but I also understand why, if you explain it to somebody, it sounds like the stupidest fucking show that's ever lived. Chet, do you have an answer? Yeah. Do you guys remember Dollhouse? I think it was like 2008, 2009. It's a Joss the, Whedon one, right? With Eliza yeah, there Two oh, yeah. short seasons of that show. And I think that's the reason I stopped getting into shows when they were new, like watching them in real time. Because I'm like, I want to watch this show forever. And then they just, it was never even a top 100 show either season. It's a Joss um, Whedon show. Of course it wasn't. Yeah. But it was a good show. Yeah, I remember that show. I liked it a lot. I was way into Eliza Dushku, so I gave it a shot back when it came out. Yeah, and Eliza Dushku aside, who obviously into, uh, I, I just remember really getting like sucked into the like futuristic aspect of, um, or like the dolls were, basically people were programmed to be like temporary robots. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is terrifying. Oh, like Gamer? And then, like, 12 years later, Zuck launches the metaverse. Basically the same thing. I, uh, Eliza Dishku made fun of my name, said it was too short. Oh, yeah? I was to at date. the comedy store. She wasn't talking about your name, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Ah. I was at That's... the comedy store once, and they apparently have an AA meeting every week at the comedy store. And one of the people who worked there was like, Oh, yeah, the AA meeting's going. Eliza Dushku was there yesterday. And it's like, I think you are misunderstanding the anonymous part of Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't think you're supposed to just blurt out that a celebrity was at your Alcoholics Anonymous meeting yesterday. They would probably be very angry if they knew that. And now she does because I'm sure Eliza Dushku listens to this podcast. I would add, though, that you can't work at the comedy store and not name drop a celebrity that's true. Um, when the situation comes up, or, or bother them for a photo, which maybe that 
maybe by not doing that, that's the least they could have done is just blow up their spot. Yeah, that's a good point. Fair. I feel like that would be the worst AA meeting ever. There's probably a bunch of comics like trying to run their bits, and then they're like, I performed at the comedy store. Not for nothing, but uh, all comedy shows are, are soft AA meetings. Yeah, or they should be. Yeah. Or interventions. Um, uh, our man, Norm from Cheers. Shout out. Love him. Uh, what's the bi- best Christmas gift you've ever received? And then follow up of or given? received probably sixth grade i got my first drum set um and that would carve out my passions for the rest of high school and college with music yeah i mean i've gotten a lot of christmas not to brag but i've gotten a lot of christmas presents in my 45 years of life so it's hard to pick a favorite one like are we going all the way back to childhood because i was psyched when i got castle gray skull oh yeah i would then say teenage mutant ninja turtles uh Blimp. Yeah. I had the blimp that's a great toy. One. Yeah. That's a good one. And the helicopter with the little fists. Yeah, I got I got Castle Grey Skull that uh I was I, I was have one of those s- right next to me, by the way. <laughs> nice. The new Castle Grey Skull, it's still in the box. Uh I mean, I guess the first time I got a an NES, I got that for Christmas, so that was pretty huge. My first Atari was a Christmas gift. Uh yeah, like it's all childhood stuff. One of the coolest gifts I got as a child was an official NBA basketball because I was a big sports fan as a kid and like I would play basketball and like I know because Jeff doesn't even like sports so it's weird that we're friends uh and one year a relative got me like the the good NBA basketball and I was like I don't even want to use this I just want to keep it and I like you could buy those anywhere they're at any sporting goods store but for some reason it just like looked majestic to me and then I also yeah. got an official NFL football one year and promptly got hit in the throat with it which oh. uh, <laughs> if you've never caught a, a tight spiral from a 14 year old relative to the windpipe you you've never really played football. oh you caught it you didn't drop it uh I caught it at first I made contact but it did drop as I dropped in pain and shouting. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to switch the, cause I have a lot of great presents that I've had. It's literally the only time I ever got gifts as a kid was like one on my birthday and then really dope Christmases. Um, so, you know, similar things of, you know, snake mountain and all the, all the really badass toys, the GI Joe thunderclap was fucking rad. Um, but I will say that one time in like, um, it was like a secret Santa thing and somebody trying to be an asshole bought me a Snuggie and <laughs> it was the best gift I had had. It, like, it's so, I still have it. I still use it. It's so comfortable and so great. And it's just such a dope, such a dope uh, thing to accidentally discover is awesome. Like I fuck with a Snuggie. Uh, yeah. I can't, when that thing came out and people seem to have a problem with it, I, just, I never understood what, what is the problem with that? concept a blanket with sleeves that's amazing like yeah i there's always like this reaction from people where it's like "Hmm, a regular blanket's not good enough no it doesn't have sleeves in it no yeah this is a great invention yeah this is this is clearly better and it's yeah yeah i could see a song being a good surprise gift uh great question um pussy monster (laughs) sure 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 pussy monster shout out to pussy monster how was your thanksgiving 
my Thanksgiving was good. I, I watched a ton of football. I watched a Beatles documentary that, oh man, if you are not the hardest of hardcore Beatles fans, I don't know why you would ever watch that. Is that the Disney Plus one? That is eight and a half hours of them talking about the same six songs and finally breaking up at the end. Uh, I mean, it, at least it has a happy ending. Yeah. Well, I mean, it actually ends with the rooftop performance. They actually broke up a little bit later than that uh but it was good i ate food i was able to eat so that was nice but it's That's eight huge. hours well it's three parts and each part oh. is two and a half hours at least oh god yeah but i've no, watched a six can't. hour tom petty documentary i've watched a 10 hour friday the 13th documentary i watched the 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 super long um nightmare on elm street documentary yeah i've seen that the one never sleep again that one's like 10 hours, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes there's uh, things you didn't know. Uh, but yeah, my Thanksgiving was fine. How was yours, yeah. Chet? It was fine. I went up to San Francisco and uh, hung with some friends. They end up doing that turkey in that pizza oven from the other pod. If you don't get the reference, be a paid subscriber and listen to the exclusive apps. Yeah, Chet has a friend who put a crematorium in his backyard and he cooks pizzas <laughs> in it. Um, so you went to that guy's house. Did you murder anyone? No, no. Cagney tried murdering their cats, though. Cagney has never met a cat, and he met two cats, and that did not go over well. You took your dog to a house with cats, and your dog has never met cats? Those are some Well, they invited me to stay the night, because I said I was going to drive back. I was going to drive up and back down the same day. They're like, stay the night. And I'm like, I can't leave my dog alone. They're like, bring the dog. It's fine. Everybody that says bring the the dog, it's fine, kind of lying. Yeah, but that's their fault. Yeah, yeah, um, that's like when somebody brings their dog to a like a house party, and you're just like, "Oh, so you wrecked the party? That's awesome." I mean, Cagney's pretty chill after like after the first five minutes, we need somebody new. But the smell of cats and seeing the cats was just like too fucking much for intoxicating. Yeah. This um, but the, the the talk about bringing pets reminded me of a thing that is interesting about that Beatles documentary. Everyone talks about. Uh, Yoko Ono being this presence that ruptured the Beatles and like she was just super duper obnoxious and she's the reason they broke up. Uh, If you watch that documentary, one, the Beatles fucking loved Yoko Ono. It seemed like they had a great fucking time whenever she was around. Two, Paul McCartney was bringing kids to the studio and George Harrison was bringing fucking Hari Krishnas and just positioning them in the corner of the studio to sit there and stare at everyone. So I don't think it was Yoko Ono. I think it was a team effort that broke up the Beatles. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I watched over Thanksgiving instead of uh, that? What? A bunch of Everybody Loves Raymond reruns. That sounds like a very Chet that's way a pretty good show. Thanksgiving. Oh, I finally watched a new movie. I don't really watch new movies. I watched Love Heart on Netflix. Really fucking good Christmas music, uh, music movie. Yeah, I'm All not right. going to watch that. Jeff, how was your Thanksgiving? Good, good. I went to Vegas. Um, uh, my Thanksgiving proper, I ate at the Citizen in Mandalay Bay. They make a good Thanksgiving. Uh, they make a good Thanksgiving meal, um, and not and not terribly expensive, especially for Vegas. Walked over to the Pinball Hall of Fame, and uh, and and got to play uh, my favorite pinball machine, the Super Mario uh, Brothers pinball machine from the early '90s. All in all, I'm not gonna be not mad about it. Is pinball a new thing for you? What? 
Do you, oh, do you really like attention. ping pong? You've mentioned it twice on the pod now. I don't. I'm not familiar with. He mentions with it Jeff. twice on every podcast yeah. he's ever been on. I think. I'm. I'm in a league. I'm wearing a pinball Hall of Fame shirt right now. Uh, I'm in a league. I've been playing for like a, a since I've been here. I've been talking about it. I'm surprised Jeff's not playing pinball right now. If I had a if I had a table, I would. You wouldn't. See, you wouldn't hear me on one of these shows for the rest of my life. I would just be right playing it out. But I, I I did. I went to the pinball Hall of Fame. It was a blast. It's a great um you know independent business that is trying to grow and and respect nice a disrespected thing yeah um there it is great good 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 um okay uh, uh from jared ruan ruin ruin um what's your favorite funny movie and how did it influence you Ooh, that feels like a thing that has been kind of fluid throughout the years yeah because I, I think at one point, I honestly would have said my favorite funny movie was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And I've since gone back and watched that. And it's like, oh, no, I just apparently thought being gay was very funny in the early 2000s. Because it, it is. It's all gay jokes <laughs> is all that movie is. Um, yeah, I honestly don't think there's one single comedy movie that has influenced me that much. Like, I... I do stand up and I make podcasts. So like how would a movie have influenced like it's not going to influence my comedy that much. Um my favorite movie is Fargo, which is sort of a comedy but not really. Uh I don't know. I think Tropic Thunder is still pretty brilliant. Uh I think it's funny that people are mad at it now for uh making fun of the thing that they think they're mad at it for. Wait, which one? Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I the, it's terribly misunderstood. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that Tropic Thunder has influenced me in any way. Does any either of you have an actual yeah. answer? I say fuck you, like uh, what's uh, Robert Downey Jr. all the time. Well, fuck you. Oh yeah. Give me the map. Fuck you. Give me that map. Or or I'll tips. Uh, Got any or tips? just randomly if I'm ever like miserable or like hot or sweaty, I just go. I fucking hate movies, like Jack Black. <laughs> Yeah. So I actually find that a very quotable thing. Ah, my favorite f- funny movie of all time is Airplane because it's the funniest <laughs> movie of all time. And, and how did it affect me? I think you mean Airplane Two, the sequel. Chat, what's your answer? Gone fishing? That would seem too predictable. Well, similar to you and Jay, so Bob, when you go back and watch it now, you're like, oh, the punchline of these jokes aren't necessarily great. But um, I really loved Dirty Work. Yeah, that was a. It was a weird. The scene where they're holding the fish. And the murder happens. <laughs> yeah. It's a great scene. It just goes on and on. It, like, man. And and the fact that they had Rickles on and just let him riff that entire movie uh, employee lineup scene. That's what you do with Rickles. Yeah. You don't ever give him a script. More like riffles. <laughs> um, Lionel Santiago Vega asks, how do you remember so many details on events or things you don't even like? Like sports. Fuck you, Lionel. Uh, it seems to be a great tool for keeping podcasts interesting. Um, my dad was a big trivia guy, like way, way, way into trivia. So I've, I think just as a result of that, I, I'm good about like matching specific details with things I know I've heard in the past and like. Like, I was watching Jeopardy the other day, and one of the questions was about a former ruler of Ethiopia. And I immediately shouted out Haile Selassie. 
obviously, which is a thing I know from a Boogie Down production song that came out in like 1989. Uh, so I don't really know. I've just always, that's just always a thing I've done is like my dad would, when we were watching movies, he would like after a scene had ended, he'd be like, what was the street address of that building? Like he <laughs> just to like burn it into my head that like, hey, pay attention to uh, the details of your surroundings. Like he would do it in public too. And uh, I don't know. Kind of like just, a neurotic kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I it just uh, made me retain information uh, at, at quite a clip. Like questions <laughs> like this, I don't. I never really have an answer. Like I have an answer. Yeah. Okay. On the pods, Adam provides really good research notes, so I just reference those and sound smart. Yeah, you do. I just diversified my education a lot in college, probably to my financial uh, disappointment. You know, I didn't need a biology minor, but I took it. I took a lot of classes. I remember stuff that's not important, and that tends to be trivia. I watched Jeopardy a lot as a kid. Yeah. Standard answer. Like, standard answer. Um, uh, Twitter user at S Miguelino asks, what is an invention that you think might come in your lifetime that will significantly change humanity? Uh, the smartphone in our head, the, yeah. once our phones go from being a thing in our hand to a chip in our head, it's going to change everything. Yep. That's, I was thinking the same thing, that black mirror, yeah. the black mirror episode. Yeah. We're getting so close. There's glasses now. Ray-Ban makes these glasses called stories. And if you're wearing them, you can hit a button that's on the the joint where the the frame meets the earpiece you hit a button and it starts filming whatever you're looking at and it immediately uploads it to your instagram or facebook stories which yeah. is i'm not gonna lie a thing i would buy as long as it uh uploaded to like the cloud or something like i'm not gonna use facebook and instagram for that but i think that product was made in tandem in partnership with facebook and instagram yeah of course Remember when we came up with when they had Google Glasses and we were all like, this is going to be it. This is the future. Yeah. And then they went away like a month and a half later. So that was kind of designed to fail. Uh, my friend who I, I went up to San Francisco for Thanksgiving, he was. Oh, did you go like, up to Thanksgiving, uh, San Francisco uh, for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Uh, Have he you was, moved recently? Do you live in Monterey now? He was the lead uh, Google Glass guy. Like they had him on The Daily Show and just shredded him. Um, but they knew that that wasn't going to be an effective rollout it was more about buzz and getting a bunch of people to test it and learn from it but they're a couple years off from launching it for the public mm. can't wait um uh, jay Macbeth at nastin says if you could freeze technological advance advancement at any point in human history what point would you select as the goldilocks moment oh i would i would have stopped the internet before social media no, I was gonna no, no social media. I, was gonna say I would right say post MySpace, like while MySpace was the big thing, and you had to like custom HTML, no, and no. you had to put up aim away because messages. Because then MySpace would have, MySpace would have, yeah, MySpace would have ended up democracy. being democracy. I feel like if we had stopped right before broadband internet, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like if dial-up stayed the thing, that would have kept the internet as being sort of a treat yeah i think uh, you need high-speed internet though to get through a pandemic okay well yeah but you got to take the good with the bad you're being one of those people who's like yeah of course there's it, it sucks that there are a million surveillance cameras on every front door in america now but i caught the guy who stole one of my packages once i'm just so. leaning into my answer which is pre-facebook but after myspace that's and, 
That that's not a technological though. That's not a technological freeze. Yeah. That's just a somebody had a different version of a website. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. Like the internet is important. Obviously, we we it's it's really huge for like calling out the disparities of social justice and seeing that everything like I get that, but like I feel like we could do without streaming. I yeah. feel like that wasn't necessary. It's cool, but you know, I feel like you know, maybe maybe we've become a little bit shittier because of some of the more recent technology. Oh, a lot of it shittier. Yeah, yeah. I'm changing I my answers. The the uh, the invention of the vaccine just been all propaganda. The concept of the vaccine. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. A, a technology point I would have uh, appreciated us stopping at would have been the original iPods. Like maybe get into the, like the the iPod Classic where it's like 120 gigabytes. That's it. Like that's that's all we needed. We didn't need to put our music on our phones. Like we've devalued music so much that it basically does not matter anymore. Yeah. Before and, the iPod, I had a data CD player where you could burn like MP3s onto a CD and then have like 200 songs on a disc, and that was yeah mind blowing at the time. It was like a 400 dollar CD player. Yeah, I remember I had a friend that, that had a car that had one of those. So, uh, how not a movie asks us all, uh, I think before they knew Chet was involved, but this is a question we could all answer together. Okay. What's your, uh, asked me, what's your favorite bit Adam has done on stage and vice versa. And so I'm guessing that we can just interact mm. all together. Um, anybody want to go first? I'm trying to think. I really like the grandma cancer bit. The... Oh no. <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, like no. there's a there's a couple that I can't really Okay, okay, no. The the one about uh the kid taking the karate class. Or the the picture people giving you pictures of pictures of other kids people's kids. For yeah. gifts. It's a very, yeah, very, right. very good bit. And uh I, it yep. won't get you cancelled if you <laughs> Tell that that but that wasn't that was I misread the room when I wrote that cancer bit <laughs> because I it was a cancer benefit I figured I honestly thought they would appreciate cancer related jokes <laughs> they sure did not oh uh, man uh, I would say that uh, my favorite Adam bit is the uh, dead body in the woods uh, oh the mannequin uh, bit absolute classic uh, such banger. a good bit such a banger and Chet uh, Chet's um. Uh, going home to a date's house, finding the PlayStation. Oh, I, would... I, I like Chet's uh, Genesis-related knock-knock joke. <laughs> the ones where I punish the audience when I just, yes. like, turn and, and melt down. It's a very, the, very brave bit. This is a name drop, but I'm going to do it because the compliment meant so much to me. I uh, opened for Elaine Boozler one weekend, and the crowd wasn't having me. So I turned on them and did the whole Genesis bit, like just dragged it out for like eight minutes. And she came off and she said, that's a, that's a bit that Andy Kaufman would have been proud of. Which meant so much for her, because she used to, you know, date him and was good friends and stuff. So She ate that him? That meant the world to me. Date him. Oh, I thought you said date him, but she ate him? Crazy. No. She ate him? Uh, Adam's- I gotta say, that's the perfect crime. Biggie Smalls bit? Tupac bit? I haven't seen you in a long time. You mean time. the Suge Knight bit? Yeah, that's what I uh, meant. Yeah. Oh, Insert rapper I name. I think that's also the bit I've seen you do the most. I saw you do that at the, uh, uh, was it Riverside we went to when you opened for the Big Band? Oh, yeah, Portugal it's Man. Pr- it's pronounced yeah. Big Bang Theory. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I opened for Kaylee Cuoco. Get it right. I remember that. I'm struggling to reference a specific Jeff bit, but the fact that he performed in my living room meant the world to me. Oh, you turned it around to make it about you. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, di- uh, from uh, Andrew Hillary, uh, did either of Yins get your Pittsburgh shit out of here? Andrew? Yeah. Ooh, did either of you ever French get a fries birthday on sandwiches and shit? Yeah. That's not bad, though. Mm. Uh, did every, either of you ever get a birthday or Christmas present that you absolutely hated and had to pretend you loved? Yeah. Yeah, I used to do a bit about this. In fifth grade, all I wanted was a computer, and my well-meaning parents got me a typewriter. Um, I'm not going to do the bit, but that was that was the disappointing gift I had to pretend to like. I mean, I get my version of this answer would just be kind of a sad story. Like, we were really, really poor at various points when I was growing up. And one year, like, my parents got me, I think, a pack of socks and some uh, very low-quality blank cassette tapes from a dollar store. And it was all they could afford. So it's not like I was old enough to to not be like, oh, what is this bullshit? Like, I was in, like, seventh, eighth grade. So, like, I got it. I got, like, why uh, my gifts were shitty that year. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... I don't think that's the spirit of the question. I just wanted yeah. to bring everyone down a little bit. Jeff, how about you? Uh, I mean, I've had some that were like, I got, I got uh, one time I got a, a gift that I didn't really understand what it was. And it was like, I got a, um, a tile for my keys to help like find my phone and vice versa if I ever lose my keys. And I was really bummed because I didn't know what it was. And it wasn't so much bummed, but I was like confused, and it it seemed like I was really unappreciative because I didn't understand it. And uh, and I think about that re- the reaction of the person that gave me the gift uh, of being like really upset that I didn't like it, and I was trying to pretend I liked it, but I I just. I'm not much of a poker face when I'm trying to figure something out. So best Christmas gift you ever got, of course, was Andre Dawson telling you about how you don't even like sports. Yeah, there was there was that. <laughs> was there a cameo involved? There sure was. <laughs> um, to myself and possibly Chet, Dino Riders or Dino Saucers? And to Adam or possibly Chet, what's your favorite dinosaur? And why is it Allosaurus fragilis? Uh, I'll I'll open with uh, I was a Dinosaurs fan, but only because I watched the cartoon religiously and couldn't afford the toys for Dino Riders. Yeah, I don't understand the reference, so I'll pass. Aren't we like the same age? Yeah, but clearly very different. Fair I enough. just turned thirty-eight. How old are you, Jeff? I am forty. Oh, Chet's a little baby. He's a little baby. baby. Chet's a little baby. It's weird. I'm so much older than you. Yeah, but I look so much younger. Yeah, weird. That is crazy. Yeah, same. I would argue. Yeah, ditto. No. Uh, you guys are mean. People aren't going to like this, but I, especially with my, my background coming from Cracked, I don't have a favorite dinosaur. Like, if I'm just being completely honest, I liked dinosaurs when I was a kid, but there's a reason we call things that are irrelevant now dinosaurs. And it's because, uh, listen, motherfuckers, we won. You know, we're here. You got taken out by a fucking meteorite or whatever. If you were still here... I don't, we'd, we'd have to find a way to kill you. Like we couldn't coexist. Like there used to be birds, just birds that were like the size of airplanes that were just fucking flying around. Can you imagine you're sitting at fucking Fenway park and one of those airplane sized birds just starts swooping around, shitting on people, just fucking people and shit covering entire sections in bird poop. I don't, that's not a world I want to live in. I'm glad the dinosaurs are dead. (laughs) 
My favorite uh, dinosaur is Dinosaur Barbecue, <laughs> which Alex Schmitty recently texted me that he went to. Dinosaur Junior is my favorite yeah. dinosaur. That's not a bad. That's not a bad dinosaur to like. I yeah. I saw a meme about dinosaurs where it it pointed out the skeleton of a beaver, and a, a, a beaver's tail is just like this narrow, you know, triangle, and then what a beaver actually looks like, and they pointed out that dinosaurs, you know, based on that, could look wildly different than than the way we picture them. Yeah, they do. A bunch of them mm-hmm. had feathers and shit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Garrett Cooper just said nice stuff to us. Congrats uh, on my shows. Congrats on Adam getting married. The whole thing. And congrats to the Unpops uh, family, uh, which would be you, Chet. So congrats on, on being you. I'm the um, baby. Your baby. So uh, at, at Crippled Giraffe, Alex uh, asked us, um, what's the worst apartment or house you've had to visit? Like, for example, a buddy was living there. Or someone was hosting a party got, and you got invited and the, the whole place was shockingly bad. I used to have a friend when I was a kid. I, I, my social circle was I was not in the cool group. We were our, we were the nerds. We like, you know, we were friends with you know, the people that liked other stuff. I had a friend. He his house. And his room was just like Ultraman Sofubi, like vinyl toys, and uh, a ferret whose cage he never cleaned. And the whole house smelled like absolute shit. Um, but it was like the it was the only house where we could stay up late, watch movies, play video games. His parents were older; they were like over it; they didn't care. So like, it was the freedom house, but it was also the you're gonna it's gonna take you an hour to get used to this smell at least um yeah yeah yeah. i i said earlier i grew up really poor so i've seen like i've been to a lot of houses that were just uh houses where especially poor people live like i lived in a house that's the thing a lot of times it was my house like my house was the house that if I brought you over, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, you live here? Uh, The craziest one, we at one point, uh, my dad was left an apartment building uh, after my grandmother died. And that sounds cool, but this was a fucking rundown, beat-to-shit apartment building. And uh, my parents took the downstairs apartment, my sister took the upstairs, and I had, like, a back apartment that was just mine. And again, sounds cool, but... It was, at one point, the ceiling collapsed above the bathtub. And so you would have to, there was no shower, so you'd have to take a bath with just exposed wood and pipes and things because we didn't have the money to fix that shit. Uh, Jeff won't like this, but I also lived in a house that was... Don't say it. Insanely infested with roaches. Yeah. (sighs) And they were there before we moved in. We we eventually. What kind of roaches, Adam? Yeah, let's. We don't need to get into that's this. the other thing. They were like the giant wood roaches, and <laughs> Jeff's face. What's especially crazy is I had a water bed at the time, and my room was in the basement. <laughs> and when we moved, we drained that water bed and pulled the mattress out, and the liner was just nothing but dead roaches. It was insane. My girlfriend spent the night. <laughs> Jeff took his mic. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing for the listeners. I'm not laughing at Adam's story or misfortune. Jeff is losing. He just took off his headphones. He can't. He can't bear to listen. And he's looking away. <laughs> I mean, it was it was an absurd amount of roaches. Oh man. <laughs> okay. I gave Jeff the thumbs up to let All him right. know we're done okay. talking about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, it was my house. My house was the the house that people went to and freaked out. Well, I can't top that, Jeff. What else do we got? Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> Harry J. Riley asked us, "Who do you have beef with in the podcast world?" Jeff. We don't really air our beefs. Uh, I don't pay enough attention to the podcast world to have beef with anyone in it. In it. In it. Is it right? Um, I don't know, man. I think Joe Rogan sucks and is using his platform wrong. Yeah, that I like count? that. That I I get, but I, I guess the guy from the dollop, the the one who's Dave an Anthony. Asshole. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy was such a cunt to me when I met him. And, yeah, uh, I've done shows with him, and he was uh, kind of rude. Yeah, I'm I'm never gonna not hold that against him. There are people that like I've seen, I've done shows with, where like they've become really big now. And I'm I'm kind of like sure, but also fuck this person because they're super rude. Yeah, you know, like, and it's also one of those situations where I'm like, I don't want to like name names either. Like where it's like, you know, people name are name be a like, name, I'll bleep it out. Oh yeah, like even before they got super huge, I did a show with her once, and she walked in the back room. It was at West Side Comedy Theater, and was like hugging everyone and shaking hands, and I had never met her. So I went up and said, hey, I just introduced myself and I put my hand out to shake her hand. And she like gave me this look like she was offended. And then uh, she goes, I'm sick, so I'm not shaking people's hands right now. It's like, damn. And then she went out and did 10 minutes of jokes that she read off her phone and fucking bombed because she's not that good of a comic. Who? You'll never know. We blanked out the name. Sorry. Ooh, yeah. Remember when Damon Wayans dropped in on the show at the West Side Theater? And we we're sitting in the green, green room after a set. And he's like, is there an open mic or something later you guys are on? It's like, no, I was supposed to go on 40 minutes ago, motherfucker. He just did an hour and ten of, of why of gay, gay people jokes. should be in the NFL. Yeah, they, why they should have a gay NFL. I loved when the woman in the audience just goes, but why is that funny? It was like the best heckle I've ever seen. I hate hecklers, but that was just funny because he was just spewing dumb, awful comedy. And a woman's like, I don't understand why you think that's funny. And it was just so perfect. And then he did this weird thing where he is like, uh, man, that's why I love doing shows like this. Like, no matter how many SUVs I own, no matter how many houses I have, how many millions, like comedy, like is the ultimate what uh, he just did some bullshit rant it was just awful so then we followed uh, him home and robbed him i remember that it was great yeah yeah, that uh, was yeah man that, that that's it's one of those things where like you got to remember that this world is very small our our world and in spite of the fact that there are a lot of comedians and a lot of podcasters and stuff this is a very small world and there's a lot of shit that you know experiences you have with people that become very famous that are just kind of you know what do you do what do you do when Kamal Nanjani is a huge asshole and then he becomes like a darling yeah like how do you reconcile that how do you deal with that yeah people don't like hearing that about Kamal Nanjani but he's a fucking dick he was a he was a huge asshole yeah that guy is not nice but whatever I want to do a shot Adam will you direct this I want you to direct a shot for shot remake of the movie Celtic Pride where I play Dan Aykroyd's character, Jeff plays Daniel Stern's character, and Damon Wayans plays Damon Wayans' character. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, let's work with Damon Wayans again. Jeff, you in? Nah, no. No. I'm going right. to make a terrible movie? No, not going to happen. That what? movie's pretty good. Uh, uh, do, 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 um, ooh, uh, let's see, do, 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 um, 
is there a documentary? This is from uh, KP underscore Z. Um, this is mostly for Adam, but I'm interested in Jeff's answer too. Is there a documentary you think everyone needs to watch? Uh, the one I say all the time is Hot Coffee. It's about tort reform and how late night comedy basically uh, made sure that we can never sue a corporation into oblivion uh, for the bad things they do. And it's called Hot Coffee because it covers three different cases. But the first one it covers is the woman who got burned by the McDonald's coffee and sued them, which when it happened, it became such a topic of comedy and jokes for months and months and months on every late night show, every morning radio show, every stand-up comedian. Like, it was just beaten into our head. I think that's where the term frivolous lawsuit comes from. Like, if not, it started very uh, close to then. And we just ridiculed this woman for filing this lawsuit when she had third-degree burns on her thighs. Like, she... It was very bad. Like, she deserved, she should have sued. And the, the only reason it happened is they were trying to keep their coffee hot for truck drivers. And it's like, well, yeah, you also scalded a fucking grandma on her inner thighs. And the uproar over that being this frivolous lawsuit is what led us into tort reform, where we decided, hey, corporations are people too, and there should be some limits on what kind of damages you can get if they do something wrong. We didn't put those limits in place for publishers, so people like Peter Thiel can take down Gawker with uh, little to no oversight. Uh, But any actual corporation? Nah. There's a family they interview who, uh, because of tort reform, there was, uh, they filed a lawsuit because there was some malpractice that happened when their child was born. And because of tort reform, they were able to get, I think, $5 million or something like that, like was the maximum uh, reward, I guess, if you want to call it that, that they were able to get. And they were like, that's cool. It's going to take care of our kid till he's like eh, 12. And then we're just on our own after that. And we did that. We did that to ourselves, and we fucking laughed it up with goddamn Jay Leno and David Letterman the entire fucking way. And uh, it's a documentary worth watching. It um, should it's make funny you be- mad. because it, '90s late night because of like all like the the arms race between like Leto and Letterman and monologuing. And sort of the loss of Johnny Carson. And so everybody sort of started to take the monologuing aspect of it and roll with it. The amount of damage that was done to, like you said, tort reform and also like fucking Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. Yeah. Like that woman's life was fucking ruined. Um, also, OJ. I mean, it's bad enough he has to live with murdering two people, but now people make jokes about him every night. I have a grudge against late night TV. Yeah. I think Jay Leno was bad for the country and comedy well yeah definitely comedy but just like you know, having him be the mouthpiece what's ugh. what's weird is as a as a stand-up comedian before he was given the tonight show he was great he was actually like really good a great joke writer he he like lived for punchlines and shit and then when he got you know because late night oftentimes sanitizes a lot of the people <clears throat> It's why they hired Jimmy Fallon. He's innocuous. He's he's yeah. not dangerous in any way. Letterman was too dangerous for NBC to want, even though Carson wanted him. Like 
they weren't going to take him. Um, but uh, as far as documentaries are concerned that I think uh, everybody should like or, or that are really great, there's a documentary that's also, it, it has a lot of reenactments in it called Becoming Bond um, about George Lazenby. And it's not so much, it, just from an entertainment and a fascination standpoint, I'm I'm fascinated with this man's story. Like yeah. what a way, the dude like just leaned into being a star and then just being like and i'm done kind of it was fucking awesome i like that chat did you, uh did i'd you say the one? social dilemma i'm not gonna elaborate on it i've talked about it ad nauseum on other pods it's on netflix go watch it uh a favorite instance of people stepping in poop in live action media from bob shawl i gotta tell you billy madison when they get the old man to stomp on the shit very funny oh okay so, yeah, so we're talking about movies and things like yeah, that. Li- li- literal, yeah, live action media was a weird way. I think it means like not a cartoon. Okay, because I, I thought he meant like things that were happening live, because you just don't see that that often live. Yeah. Um, I, I guess when uh, they make Will Ferrell lick the white dog shit in Step Brothers, uh, that's pretty funny. And also, uh, if you look into it, very interesting story about why you don't see white dog shit anymore. Google it. I would say the episode of The Office where Dwight walks Andy and Angela through a potential wedding, like them getting married at his barn, and tricks Angela into marrying him. Uh, but Andy steps into the dog, sh- uh, the horse shit outside, and then he does a second time in the barn, and then they're in the house, like in the kitchen, having pie, and he steps in horse shit. He's like, come on! What's that even doing here? That's pretty good. That's a surprisingly good question that we all have answers to. Um, uh, uh, Let's see. We have... um, The Willard says, Jeff, what was your worst extra duty as a teacher? And Adam, did you ever hang out in small town Iowa anywhere? Um, And Chet, you're not uh, in this one, and I apologize. Adam and I hung out in Dyersville. There you go. Yeah. As As a... youth growing up in illinois no i did not i th- I, th- I think people have a weird uh or not it's not weird i understand people when they hear i grew up in the midwest they're picturing one thing and i promise you it was a very very different thing uh i grew up in the midwest but i didn't grow up in a small town uh i grew up in a place that uh, had a lot of poverty and crime and good restaurants and a very diverse uh population uh, so no, I didn't like, I wouldn't have hung out in small town, Iowa, because I would have been worried about the police and, uh, how they wouldn't have had anything better to do than follow, uh, an unknown car that comes to town for the night. And who knows if I like had weed on me or if my driver's license was intact at the time, like I didn't, uh, I didn't want to interact with the yeah. police. So I didn't go shot by the towns. cops in a small town. <laughs> yeah. Arrested yeah. quick in a small town. So no, nothing. But yeah, me and Chet went to Dyersville and that was fun. I would say worst extra duty as a teacher. I don't know if this is how you would describe it, but um, writing lesson plans instead of just being able to, to teach like the minutia of teaching, like the paperwork of it. I always hated um, my I was always best when I was given a plan i had my own plan and i didn't have to write it down um writing it down always just made it worse i don't know that was i used to just find lesson plans from the book and just hand them in and then do my own thing anyway because eventually like fuck that 
Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Jonathan Burgers asked us, is there any current U.S. politician that you think would be a good president? Mm, I know I'm supposed to say, like, AOC or something like that, but honestly, no. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it anymore. And when I say it, I mean just the government in general. Like, I, I feel like we just need to, like, reset start start over in some way i don't <sighs> yeah yeah no i'm exhausted by the question to be honest not that it's a bad question but just reading that question made me tired yeah like <laughs> anyone you name there's gonna be fuck it no no there's not if there were good politicians you wouldn't be asking that question bernie sanders might have been good but at this point in time he's yeah. so old and that was my yeah. resistance would be yeah Okay, uh, Captain Jub Jub asks us, any plans for an Unpops comedy tour again? Ooh, take a lot of work. Yeah, so, I mean, I would love to at some point. It's just uh, COVID keeps being yeah. a thing. Like, it's not just, like, I get that we're all vaxxed and whatnot, and you can take those precautions, but it's still yeah. not, especially not with, now there's another variant that seems like maybe the vaccine won't be quite as... Uh, powerful yeah. against this variant combined with people just being exhausted by it and not giving a fuck it's yeah. gonna be a yeah. problem yeah the the thing about comedy tours especially with unpop uh unpops is that we we we, we run independently um so there are no guarantees so there's a lot of work that has to be put in to ensure that we make money on a tour. And like, I think we're big to a lot of people that listen, but are we big enough that if somebody sees our name on a marquee, they're going to want to pay money to see it? It's a tough thing to balance. We'd love right. to do it, but it, it it's it's more work than I think people un understand just by listening. They're like, come to my town, it'll be great. And it's like, I would love to, but I'll hemorrhage money if I come to montana as right. much as i'd love to because it's expensive to get there it's expensive to we gotta find a place uh the, the population density is such that we won't sell a lot of tickets and then we can't do other shows nearby because there are no other shows nearby because it's it's a pain it's so much it's so much work which might have some people wondering well how did chet and adam manage to do a show in dyersville iowa which really is the middle of iowa yeah. like there's not a lot close they paid us up front they, they paid yeah. us in advance and that is what we use to uh fly out there and uh kind of finance the rest of the tour from there so if your please come to my town also involves you paying us ahead of time we can for sure talk but otherwise yeah it's it's really hit or miss on making money and traveling mm -hmm. costs money but yeah and and the the more people you want to see uh the more expensive it becomes for those people because like say you want five people on a show that means that everybody gets 20 percent of the cut as opposed to two people but you might not want to go see two people you might want to you'd only drive out for the it's it's a weird money thing where you wish you could always just do things do whatever you want and not worry about it um but shit's expensive things are very expensive yeah like i'll, I'll have people that are like you know if you're doing a tour come by and do the show you know i, I run this show and i you know we'll pay you a hundred dollars i'm like that's not enough i'd love to be able to do that but that's just not enough to make that my whole night yeah but we love you. We love and we'd you love so to much. be able to do that. 
Um, J Mac asks us, what's the thing you most disagree with from the people around you? For example, most people around me think that Trump was a great and fantastic president while I have a different viewpoint. Well, calm down, buddy. Um, any viewpoints you have that are vastly different than those of your neighbors? I'm still the only person I think, uh, in my, in my friendship group who was legitimately bothered by how the media portrayed the ivermectin story because I just, I found it wildly irresponsible to come out and say Joe Rogan's taking horse drugs and then the next thing that all of these people who would be inclined to to believe Joe Rogan see is Joe Rogan is healthy and there was no impact from him taking horse drugs so the media is lying to me and I can take horse drugs because look, Joe Rogan did it and he was fine. When they knew goddamn well he was not <clears throat> taking horse drugs. There is a human version and a horse version. Seems reductive. It's <sighs> seems like horseplay. <laughs> but it get out of here. It it made me so angry because so many people around me and so many people I know were like, <laughs> did you hear people on the right are taking horse drugs? And it's like, will you go fucking read something? Instead I mean, some of, people were doing the horse version of it. There like, were two reports of that. There were two reports of that. And it is a thing that predates COVID. Uh, there were people taking the horse version for other maladies that ivermectin, the human version, treats. If you go back to like 2017, there are stories of people taking the horse version of ivermectin. It still, I would bo say that it still bothers me. According to my next door app, um, I would say that uh, black people are not a threat. <laughs> my neighbors seem to seem to disagree. Yeah, next door is wild. It I, it's it is a. Just a, a cesspool of racist uh, commenters. Yeah, I, I know this is a slippery slope, but China does this thing where it shuts down its social media for certain hours. Like if you're a, if you're like under fourteen, I'm getting the exact age wrong, but it's like certain ages you can't go. If you're on your device on TikTok, like they shut it down from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I disagree. I don't disagree. I, I agree with you. Um, it's, but it, it opens up a slippery slope when you start saying who can turn the on-off switch and when in our, you know, in the context of our democracy. Sue Denham asks, if you could write for any TV show, what would it be? Either because you vibe with it or it's uh, with its comedy or you would like to run it off the rails. I would love I would love to do Saturday Night Live and make it fucking weird. Yeah. I'd like to make weird Saturday Night Live. Um, I would like to run Saturday Night Live off the rails uh, because I think it's a wing of the fucking government. Um, I would write for Room 104, which is a, an HBO show. It's not a comedy. It's a horror uh, anthology, right? Yeah, it's a horror anthology. Every episode takes place in the same room. It's a Duplass Brothers thing, and mwah, I love it so much. The episode with Rain Wilson, baby. If you only watch one episode of Room 104, it's somewhere in season two, stars Rain Wilson. So brilliant. Is it a comedy? No. No, it's like the Twilight Zone, kind of. It's that kind of vibe, but every episode takes place in the same motel room. That's all that ties it okay, together. Okay, but is it a comedy? It is not actually a comedy, no. 
It's, uh, it's, so- it's something that's not a comedy, in fact. I'd love to write an outline for an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Man, Chet just did an episode with Teresa Lee, and she was just on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I thought Chet was going to explode. Really? Very excited. She's on so many, by so many I mean, I know of at least two shows I really like, and she's <laughs> been part of them. Um, poinsettia jingle pussy. Uh, gotta love it. Uh, as kids were led to believe quicksand would be a much bigger problem than it is. All right, we got starting out with a John Mulaney bit. That's good. Yep. Is is there anything you thought? But that's good because that's the premise of. Is there anything you thought would be um, you thought would be a problem for you as an adult that isn't? And is there a small thing you never considered would be as much of a problem as it is? I'm gonna say vaccines. Like the large amount of people that are still anti-vax is pretty crazy to me. Uh, If you had asked me maybe ten years ago, I think I would have said Russia because I grew up in the heart of the Reagan Cold War. Like, I remember seeing mushroom clouds on Time magazines just laying around my grandmother's house, and that tension was palpable. Like, you could feel it. could palp the shit out of that tension. And there really was this sense that, look, someday there's going to be this fucking nuclear war with Russia, and they're the enemy, and blah, blah, blah. And it it seemed for a long time that... uh, like once like the the Boris Yeltsin years happen and whatnot, it seemed like we had kind of dodged that bullet and things were back to normal with Russia. But then Putin took over and now here we are. But yeah, Russia, I thought was going to be a bigger uh, problem. I would say similarly, um, terrorists and airplanes based on 9-11 happening when I was in high school. Bunch more airplanes are going to be hijacked and flown into buildings. Never happened. Thankfully, never happened. I would say skincare. It's not a thing you really think about. Like lotion mm, as a kid, yeah. you're, you're never taught to give a shit about that. But if you don't want to look a thousand years old when you're 35, you got to put lotion on. And look at these I, bags, Jeff. <laughs> and, I, you know, like it's such a weird. I also I. it's weird because we also have a weird job. So it's not like we're like, oh, I didn't expect to, you know my coffee breaks would be so wild. Like, it's so weird that, you know, I'm, I'm like facial care for when I show up on camera. And like, that's a dumb thing, but that's just cause I wasn't expecting that. But even Ooh. if you're, even if you're not on camera, like, you know, take care of your, take care. You'll be yeah. happy that you put some lotion on your face. And it's, I would argue it's never too late to start. Like I didn't, also- I didn't start lotioning up my face until a few years ago, but now it's mandatory. Yeah. I didn't start until after today's podcast. See? <laughs> See? Also, joint pain. Uh, my knee hurts a lot. And, and that's just like, I wasn't prepared for that. Because when you're a kid, you're just invincible. And uh, and there's there's that. Um, uh, Aldo Vargas says, everyone always talks about how you shouldn't meet your heroes. But have you ever had the opposite experience? Have you met a celebrity that you had a negative opinion of? And they turned out to be a very likable person? Hmm. I'll say that Anthony Bourdain was a lot nicer than you would think he would be. He kind of seems like he would be like too cool and like just kind of like blow you off or whatever. And he wasn't. He was like super kind and, and talkative. Yeah. He comes off as standoffish, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. Chet, how about you? I'm trying to think of a stronger example. I mean, I didn't think he'd be an asshole or anything, but like I was really surprised how nice and warm and cool and conversational Brad Garrett was. Oh, yeah, I could see yeah, that. Enough. Oh, no, I do have one. Jack Black. I uh, I went to a, another comedian's birthday party, uh, and it, it was a pretty big, I mean, not huge comedian, but pretty big. Kyle Gass. Uh, 
it was Eric Andre. I don't know why I didn't just say Eric Andre. I didn't want to. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Eric Andre's birthday party. And we're in line and a limo pulls up and Jack Black gets out. And the first thing he does is look at the line and goes, do I have to stand in that line? And we were just like, Jack! And fucking, because we were like right in front of the line. So we like both kind of co-cut the line and went in with each other because at that point we're like yeah we're with jack black you know fucking check our ids and uh later on he came up to me and like uh thanked me for letting him cut the line and just like we chit-chatted and it was very very pleasant he was a genuinely nice guy he used to walk around the offices that i worked at because he had an office in the building and he would just be strumming on his guitar sometimes. And I'd be like trying to like change out toilet paper and he'd just be in the way. <laughs> he's like a nice enough guy, but I'm like, can you move? Like, I know that this is like a cool thing, but also I got shit to do. And I should, I should add, I didn't have, I know part of the question was someone you had a negative opinion of before. I didn't, I never had a negative yeah. opinion. I assumed Jack Black would be cool and he did not disappoint. Sometimes people are a surprise. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Um, uh, Xavier asks, how has getting older made you more or less tolerant of other people and their follies? I gotta be honest, man. I don't, I've stopped caring about what strangers think about me in social situations now. Like if somebody is inept at what they're doing, I'm always just like, can you just do your fucking job, man? Like I've become much less afraid of like offending somebody. Yeah. Um, you just have to look at my tweet deck to know how people's opinions have aged with me like i i there's a reason i i really don't use social media that much like i still have all the social media accounts but i don't use it for fun or entertainment and i don't have any notifications like i just it got to a point where social media would just rile me up so much like be it someone i know uh like for so many reasons and then i would get on twitter and be all fucking bitter and tweet at people and get in fights. And it's like, you know, I could just not go on Twitter. Like, if this is what the end result is, I could just stop. And so I stopped. And here's the thing. It hasn't cost me any subscribers. Like, there's not... I don't feel like there was uh, a group of people out there who only knew what I was doing if I tweeted about it. Like, and even then, I still, like... we tweet it from Unpops and I retweet it, so that's fine. But yeah, I, I'm never going to go back to a point where I open social media and see other people's opinions. Uh, I just, it's just not, it's not how the world's supposed to work. I'm not supposed to know everyone's opinion on every news story. I know we think we're entitled to that these days, but fuck that. I don't need to know. I don't need to know. Your life will be so much better if you just Man. stop using Twitter for it's that. It's like the the opposite version of that Mark Anthony song. That song is such a banger. I need to know. I fucking love that song so much. How about you, Chet? They say around the way you ask what, for What was me. the original question? Now I'm blanking on. It says, why does Chet smell like a butt? There's oh, even talk about you Because I didn't wipe. Oof. Uh, That's no, why I don't smell like a butt wipe. Uh, how has getting older made you more or less tolerant of oh, yeah. other people? I think followers? it's just with time, um, like therapy plus meditation help. Um, I'm pretty highly neurotic and anxious. Um, That's comedy. I don't know. Right? Comedy What's is that? therapy plus education. <laughs> I don't even do comedy anymore. Just no one noticed. I just stopped doing it. And then people still invite me on podcasts. So I do it. 
do it with you guys because it's fun. <laughs> Is it? Uh, I, um, Allison asks us, what's your favorite Christmas album? You know, I don't really have one. I guess for sentimental reasons, it would be that first Mariah Carey Christmas uh, album. But I was going to say, it's not the Mariah Carey one? I mean, I don't like Christmas music that much. Like, I, I own that Mariah Carey Christmas album on vinyl, mostly out of obligation. But I don't, I'm not a Christmas music guy. Like, my favorite Christmas song is Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. And I think that is the best Christmas song by uh, leaps and bounds. And then Mariah Carey's uh, All I Want for Christmas is You was second. Very interesting story behind that song and how it was written and recorded. Wild. I'm a, remember, we did an episode about it. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, because I, was, I think it was an episode of the Monday show. Because oh, I, I had done a lot of research on that song. Yeah. Uh, and and it was like it's fascinating the history of it. Yeah, it is. Uh yeah, but I don't I don't think I I really have a favorite Christmas album. I do. What is it? John Denver and the Muppets a Christmas together. That sounds like a good one. John Denver ruled. And fucking John and and the Muppets. Oh, put it in my veins. Chet, how about you? Um probably Vince Guaraldi's uh Charlie Brown Christmas Charlie. album or Bare Naked for the Holidays. Bare Naked Ladies did a bunch of Christmas songs in the late 90s. Wasn't that a, uh, didn't you have to get that at first through like their uh, fan club or something like that? Maybe. Because that's the one with the Sarah McLaughlin song on it? Yeah. yeah. That's probably the the best song on the album. Yeah. Uh, they cover God Rusty Merry Gentlemen. They sure do. Look at, um, look at Jeff and Chet bonding over Bare Naked Ladies albums. Uh, to be fair, I'm bonding over Christmas albums. Mm, okay. By Bare Naked um, Ladies. Folks, what movie traumatized you as a kid? I got this e. one. E.T. Yeah? The dried up dog turd of an E.T. part? Uh, just all of it. Like, I would see E.T. in the dark. Like, I saw the movie at age four and it traumatized me for two years. Scared of going outside alone. Scared of the dark. Like, I would see E.T. in the dark. My imagination would play tricks on me. Not a friendly alien, but I have much greater appreciation for the movie as an adult. My grandmother, you know, Gremlins is a comedy, but when you're six, it's not. And my grandmother thought Gremlins was hilarious, so she made me watch it when I was six. And let me tell you, buddy, nope, I'm good. I love the movie now, but holy shit, that movie haunted me as a kid. Yeah, Gremlins didn't bother me. My pimp. My parents, uh, I've said this on the pod before, they were in a bowling league, and they were in this bowling league for years and years and years, and (laughs) they weren't, like, it was the kind of place, like, this was the the freewheeling 80s when you could just let your kids run around a place, and it was still a few years before serial killers would start taking us off the streets. And so they would just take us to this bowling alley that had a movie theater attached to it. And they were like, and it had uh, two arcades, two arcades, movie theater, uh, off-track betting, uh, all kinds of shit. You should have went there. Yeah, I should have. To the have. OTB. And so they would let us go, go see any movie that we wanted. So, like, they were taking us to see, like, slasher films when I was five and six years old. Like, I saw <laughs> the first Friday the 13th in theaters the same week as the second Friday the 13th, because back in the day they would re-release a movie when the new one was coming out so you could hit them both in the same week. And, like, my parents would take me to see movies like that. So Gremlins didn't bother me. What The movie that bothered me was Poltergeist because that was, that was the movie that basically made PG-13 into a thing because it's not a slasher film. It's not 
extra gory. There's not like really blatant murders. Uh, so it was rated PG, which meant anyone could go see it. And I was six when it came out. And uh, it's scary in a different way that doesn't sit well with a six-year-old kid who's already sort of scared of thunderstorms uh like it it was the storms thing that fucked me up the most like i already like the clown was creepy but i was already at a point in my life where i'm like i'm not gonna have a fucking clown in my room anyway you kidding me but the trees and the thunderstorm thing in poltergeist fucked me up for life also for some reason i could not stomach Louis Gossett Jr.'s makeup in Enemy Mine, and I had I ran out of that crying. Of all the movies that I sat through with no problem, every Friday the 13th, every Nightmare on Elm Street, this metaphor for bridging the divide in racial relations just sent me over the fucking edge. And I thought that's that, what was really upsetting for you. Yeah, I think that's it was it the was, social. Yeah. It was the message that that upset a young Adam Todd Brown. <laughs> exactly. All right, that was a long answer. I'm sorry, Chet. Did you have one? Oh, you said ET. Never mind. Um, this is a here's one uh, by uh, at Book Beck Becca. Uh, are there any episodes or bits that you know that Unpops fans enjoyed but that you hated? Um, probably most of them, but I don't like, I don't know what, what they really mean by unpops bits. Any of the long running bits, I'm guessing that, that the fans liked or, or, um, and somebody asked the opposite, uh, in a reply to that, which is bits that we loved that the fans did not respond to. We don't know if you don't respond to something. By the oh, way. uh, me saying Trump was going to be president in 2015 and 16. Go back and read the comments on those episodes and people telling me to fucking let it go. And since when did this become a politics podcast and you're being stupid? There's no way he's going to win. It's like Mwah. that bit didn't go over well with the audience i guess but um no like i've always thought all the all the bits were relatively fun they wouldn't still be bits if like i would just stop doing it from 2015 to around 2019 there was that whole chet doesn't like black people not a fan of that bit (laughs) i can see why you're not a fan of that bit are there any bits that you loved that may have been annoying chet all of them fastball at chet's i'm sure people loved that one and i didn't some people Yet loved you, it. You are a you're a willing participant. Chet, I am glad to have been able to be a part of your harassment campaign. Your your bit your bit there is pretending to hate it. That's your bit. You, you know, the, it. it only accidentally became a charity thing, right? We, we remember that, right? Not accidentally, kismet. <laughs> kismet? A, a lot of is people that what died. Hurricane, Hurricane Harvey was. Uh, Hurricane yeah. Harvey God works happened. in mysterious ways. All right. All right, so let's see. Uh, we got a couple more, and then I think we can get. We didn't get to everything, but um, uh, let's see. Uh, somebody. Uh, well, there's a couple of them right here. Is uh, what is your dream job by Charlie? I think we got it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're nailing that. Now, this Adam might not like this answer because they'd be contributing to late night. But growing up, I wanted uh, Max Weinberg's job, like to be a drummer, a drummer on Conan. a late night band where you get to be in bits. A lot of that, drums, a lot of, lot, of, lot of drum talk here. I like that your your reference is Max Weinberg, and you want the person running the show to be a late-night talk show host and not Bruce fucking Springsteen, which... That, do, do you even know he was Bruce Springsteen's drummer? Coonan, yeah, of course. I'd say Conan okay, is know. the Springsteen of late-night. Like, Conan's the late-night guy that I, I would stand as to being like, all right, I fuck with him. Yeah, I mean, Conan was great. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, fuck, marry, kill, fight 
George, Ringo, Paul, or John? I saw this, and I've been watching the Beatles documentary, so I have uh, feelings on it. So it's fuck, marry, kill, fight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to marry George, obviously. Uh, I would kill John because it's going to happen anyway. Uh, I would say uh, fight Paul, fuck Ringo. I would uh, marry Paul. Gross. Look, the thing about it is, is if somebody breaks into our household and starts stabbing me, maybe Paul can put up a fight instead of start screaming Hare Krishna as I'm getting stabbed. Yeah, but then, um, you know, it's going to be insurance money, if nothing else. Also, Paul McCartney, huge staying power. Yeah. That motherfucker lasts forever. Uh, I'm going to marry Paul. I'm going to um, fuck George because he seems like a tender lover. Uh, I'm going to kill John because it saves some damage to some women in his life. Uh, and uh, which means by default, I'm going to fight Ringo, but I, that would be fun because he's tiny. It'd be yeah. like wrestling a little kid, you know? Be flying all over the room like a howler monkey. Yeah, yeah, just tossing him around the room. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Chat, how about you? Yeah, to kind of play off some of the stuff you guys already hit on, I would kill John because butterfly effect. I would fight George because we know he's not going to put up a fight. I would fuck Paul and marry Ringo because Ringo's all peace and love and you're not going to be in the limelight the rest of your life. Mm, that's fair. There there were other questions. I th- I feel like some of those answers might have been a little bit complicated or long um, uh, yeah. or we just didn't necessarily have uh, the time for them. You guys did ask a lot of really awesome questions. So if we didn't answer your question, apologies. It's not that it's a bad question. It's just I'm gonna, we didn't get to it this time. Oh. I'm going to run through a couple that people asked when I tweeted it out, but I, they're just going to be like one word answers. Okay. Uh, Zach Thompson, you mentioned on a pandemic pod that you heard something about Suge Knight. We want and need details. Uh, bullets cannot kill him. He's invincible. That's, there's your details. Um, where, where was the other one? Uh, have you listened to the regrets uh, or nether friends? Yes. And no. Uh, who is your favorite dictator to talk about and do episodes about Jim Jones? That is uh, a dictator. Yeah, if you look into it, he's a dictator. Uh, that's it, I think. We don't have yeah. any other... Oh, I, yeah, I saw there's a bunch of them on there. They're very... Who was your favorite person, people to work with at Cracked? Adam? Brett? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, Brett, Alex, Tom, Dave. And... It's funny because you can kind of tell because it's the people that you still interact with. Right, yeah. <laughs> that makes it very easy to tell, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. But there were, was... like, yeah... Like Teresa Lee was great. Yeah, She's there's still... not. There weren't a lot of people that you wouldn't like to work with there. That yeah. that list was much more limited, and certainly not something that you would answer on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff on here. So next yeah, time, fine. yeah, we've got more. We'll, we'll get more in the future. Uh, or send them in for the uh, sixty nine minutes pod. There <laughs> it is. Yeah, if your question didn't get answered, have it not answered on sixty nine minutes. Yeah, we'll we'll be recording that soon. I don't know when, sometime in December, I think. Uh, so do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? How about you, Chet? I got nothing. Okay. 
Jeff, how about you? Well, I don't know if you know this, but I have cool friends and I have a podcast called Jeff Has Cool Friends, which is available at patreon.com slash Jeff May. I've got a lot of new stuff coming uh, on the Patreon as well. I have Radvertising um, starting to get booked and and, and starting to record and, and work on that research. It's uh, all about extreme 90s ads. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, I have Ugg Fine. We have a podcast with Kim Crawl that is a monthly podcast that will be dropping on our Patreons exclusively. So you can check that out, patreon.com slash Jeff May. You can also check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. Uh, and, of course, you don't even like sports, a sports podcast about how Chet doesn't like sports. Uh, I love that, sports. Uh, I'm wearing a sports hat. <laughs> nice try. Uh, and that is available, of course, on this network as well. Um, support uh, local art and artists for the holidays. Uh, try to avoid buying from the, the big guys. Buy from the little people. Um, I don't have just keep an eye on my socials at Adam Todd Brown on Twitter and Instagram. Once I'm doing new stuff, I will tell you there. There are things coming. I've just been sick, so I haven't been able to launch any of the things I wanted to launch. Sick, but, bro. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been if we're talking that kind of sick, I mean, since birth. But uh, if we're talking ill, it's been like six weeks or so. Uh, All the new content is in Adam's toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Very insensitive. All right. (laughs) Let's get out of here. Chet, say goodbye. I got nowhere to go. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the too many questions rookie card, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street.